What's up, y'all? Welcome to another edition of the Sons of Legends. It's your boy, Art Dog, here with your homeboy, MJ Gunner. Yo, 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 sit tight, because we're ready to fight. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> y'all already know what's up. We got your homeboy, JP, on the line one more time. Yo, 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 what's up on this? Yeah, What's I'm up with it? I'm going to keep practicing. I'm not going to be as good as good. <laughs> it's all good, it man. It takes a whole lot of thought. I think Gunner's the only one that's got these intros <laughs> down packed like that. It takes a whole lot of thought. Man, we're going to be talking about everything from the UFC Fight Night Alvarez versus Poirier that happened Saturday night, man. And I got to say, this was a really good event. I was really looking forward to this. And there were a lot of great fights on there. We're going to start off with the main event, Poirier and Alvarez, another slugfest dude. What would you think, JP? You know, you got, you got two, guys, two guys in Poirier and Alvarez who I think are physically incapable of having boring fights. I think so. a nice backstory that went out there and beat the shit out of each other. I think it's, hey, it was a hell of a fight. And listen, I think Poirier said it best at the end. What the fuck does this guy have to do to get a title shot? I mean, he's done everything that they've asked Isn't he on like a seven fight win streak? Mm-hmm. Yeah, seven mm-hmm. fights? Something like that. It's either six or seven fights in a row. All finishes, I think. Yeah, six, seven fights. I mean, he's seven fight winning streak. He, he beat Alvarez. He knocked Alvarez out, which doesn't happen. He fucking knocked Justin Gaethje out, which doesn't happen. He uh, he submitted Jim Miller. I mean, this guy's running through some fucking talented names. And it, it almost seems like he's still an afterthought at 155, which... I'd gone crazy. Yeah, I'd have gone crazy by now, too, because he was a beast at 145, but when he came back up to 55, he's been on an absolute tear of this division. Oh, shit, it's been just what the doctor ordered for him is losing to Conor McGregor and moving up, because, I mean, I think he's, I want to say he's 9-1 or 10-1 in a division. I mean, call me crazy. I may be wrong on that. I'm going to double-check to make sure. Yeah, but, I'm going to have to I mean, check that to make sure. But I think you're right. I think he's like 9-1 and one at 155. He went down to 45 because he thought that his power was going to carry over to 45 with him. But honestly, he looked very depleted at 45. He didn't look like himself. But when he got back to 55 and started um, accepting just any fight, no matter what, he has really been kicking some ass. Oh, yeah. Kicking some ass and taking some names. I mean, and, you know, this guy's, think of it, this guy's always been an exciting fighter. This guy's always been, uh, you know, one of those fighters that gets out there and says, fuck it, I'm going to go until somebody drops. And, I mean, if you look at the wins he's had in his career, going all the way back, and we, we just did a wrestling one, we are talking about underrated, uh, you know, Hall of Famers. Look at Dustin Poirier's fucking resume. Uh, this guy kicked the shit out of Max Holloway. This he guy did. destroyed Max Holloway. Now, granted, that wasn't the same Holloway, but he destroyed Holloway. Um, you know, he beat he beat Joseph Duffy pretty decisively. Joseph Duffy, by the way, the last person other than uh, Floyd Mayweather and Nate Diaz to beat Conor McGregor. I mean, he, he's beaten some fucking talented fighters and made it look easy. Yeah, I know, and it's it's crazy that he's not even looked. It's cr- for for one, it's crazy that he's still not in the top five. He was like number six coming into this fight, and he knocked out their perennial boy and Justin Gaethje the fight before. And he accepted that fight on short notice with Gaethje. That's right. That's right. And um, Poirier has been looking 
more than amazing because that combination that he hit Alvarez with against that gate was insane. He looked like a baby Chuck Liddell right there. Oh, he did. My God, he, he like hit him killer. with like 42 punches against the cage with knees mixed in. That's fucking crazy. That's it crazy is fucking crazy. About. I haven't, I've, in actuality, I've seen Eddie Alvarez beat up a lot. I've never seen Eddie Alvarez overwhelmed. No, me neither. And, you know, Alvarez is a guy that's known to be able to take a beating. And, I mean, he he looked in over his head after the fucking ref stood him up, after Mark Goddard stood him up. Even though once, once uh, you know, Al, once Poirier started teeing off, he looked like he had no answer. He didn't. All. He didn't. It was so many punches coming so fast at such an alarming rate. He really was overwhelmed because I watched him look up and throw a punch that completely missed everything on the planet. And when Dustin stepped back in, he hit him with another ultra combo. Yeah. Crazy. That crazy. was crazy. And by the time Eddie Alvarez hit the ground, he was he was completely overwhelmed. Dustin Poirier had let loose on him, and the fight had already—it could have been stopped. I'd say maybe a minute before that. Yeah, yeah. And that's insane because Eddie Alvarez can take a beating, and I mean a serious beating. I watched Pat Cur Pat Kern beat the hell out of him, and he still came back and won. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, Other than fight with Michael Chandler, where Chandler hit him with everything but the fucking kitchen sink. And, and he, he still kept, coming, kept coming. And he still kept coming. Okay, These are the kind of fights that, you know, we like to see. Two guys that go in there and slug it out, and they give you an exciting finish. I mean, that was pretty great. That was a great fight, man. And where do you think Dustin Poirier should go from here? What's his road to the title? I mean, you know, he's he's ten one. I just looked it up to be precise. He's ten one and one since moving back to fucking light heavyweight, which was you know back in 2013, 2014. I mean, look to me, we've seen and I like the guy personally, but we've seen Alia Quinta get a fucking title shot. We've seen Kevin Lee get a title shot. Worst case scenario, I mean, if this McGregor uh, Habib are going to made off fight is happening in October, like all the rumors say. You gotta put him in there with Ferguson and make it the fucking, you know, you gotta, to me, that's the natural next thing. Just put him in there with Tony Ferguson and, uh, winner gets a beat Connor. I mean, that's to me the natural because anything beyond that, he's done everything that's been asked of him and, you know, he really, uh, any, any fight that doesn't have title ramifications really isn't worth the time anymore for him. Exactly. He, I he think, doesn't need that fucking warm up. I think if you're, if you're gonna stiff him out of a title fight this time around, you gotta give him a big money fight then. And a big money fight will be somebody like Nate Diaz or uh, uh, Tony Ferguson, as you mentioned. It's got to be big money at this point because Dustin Poirier has done everything possibly imaginable to get to this title. And if if you don't give him a Kevin Lee or a... Uh, or a Nate Diaz or a Tony Ferguson, there's no point in even talking to the man at this point. No, you're wasting his damn time. And uh, you know, I like the Nate Diaz idea. That's a good one, too. I mean, that's the type of fight he needs to have. He doesn't need to be fighting uh, the, the Gates and the Alvarez's, which, look, the Alvarez fight was a good one. I mean, it makes sense. They have history together. That was the 10-1-1. One one. That was the, you right. know, the, See, the, that the, was the, the, the no, no contest. contest, the rematch, because, of course, uh, Alvarez was losing the first round. Uh, then Poirier, well, 
Poirier was lose was winning the first round, and then Alvarez come back, hits him with a couple illegal knees, and they call it a no contest. And this was the rematch for that one. And Poirier just showed, man, he's nothing to be fucked with, seriously. And he's been he's been quietly flying under the radar, and no one's been saying anything about it. Now they have to speak his name. There's no, there's no choice in that. I mean, what, what more does a guy need to fucking do? In my opinion, you're, you know, you're, I mean, not, you're, you're with me on the same page. Don't take what I'm saying the wrong way. But uh, this is mainly to the UFC press. What more does this fucking guy have to do? I mean, you're talking to people he's beaten in, in recent, in recent times. Eddie Alvarez, former fucking division champ. You know, uh, Anthony Pettis, former division champ. Uh, you know, I mean, even Justin Gaethje has been, you know. A former champ in fucking World Series of Fighting was unbeaten prior to coming to the UFC. His only loss was to Alvarez. I mean, this guy has done everything that's been beaten. Everybody that's been thrown his way. I mean, it's time to time to reward him. It's time to put him in a high profile fight against, like you said, either it, 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 to me, worst case scenario, he fights either Diaz or, or, or Ferguson. Best case scenario, he's put on standby in case Connor or fucking Habib can't go, and he gets that next shot. And I believe that some one of them will pull out of that fight. Uh, they just have a bad habit of pulling out of high-profile fights, Khabib and Connor. So I say, I say, if if it's up to me, I let him stand by for the title shot because he does deserve it. He really does deserve it. And, I agree. And I, I agree. and I just I just pray to God that he doesn't have Donald Cerrone syndrome because Donald Cerrone always looks excellent and the moment he gets to that title he doesn't look like himself anymore that is true that is true i mean but if you look at if you look at the crux of his career every fight this fucking guy after a loss he's gotten better and better every fight yeah but that's the thing poirier always gets to the top and then loses the fight right before the title match that's true always I don't want you to do that this time, Poria. I think you're older. I think you're better. I think that you have this chance to do this the right way, and I believe that he can be champion. And you know what's scary about him is it, it seems like he's been fighting forever. I mean, it seems like it does. Poirier's been around for, for you know, and he it has, does. he's been around for years. You know, he's, old, he's not even 30 fucking years old. I know. It seems like guys like him and Joe Lozon have been fighting since I was a kid, but they were kids too. <laughs> they were young. I mean, he think about this. He made his debut in the UFC back in two thousand on New Year's Day, two thousand eleven. I mean, he was he was twenty one years old then. He was still a fucking kid. Right. And now you look at him as a twenty nine year old man. He was damn good as a kid. Now you look at him as like as a full grown man. He's legit, man. He is legit. I, I, to me, you know, you mentioned it. Biggie's come so close to the title shot and always had that that last minute hiccup right before he got his just due. You know, whether it was fucking Mike, Michael, uh, Michael Johnson or, or you know, or Conor McGregor or, you know, whoever he, but he'd get right there on the cusp of getting that title and then he'd lose the match right before getting the title shot. I just don't want it to happen this time because he really does deserve it. He's been around forever. Like, he's around like the Robbie Lawler era and stuff like that. Like, Robbie's grown with him. You know, Joe Lozon's grown with them. Pettis grew with them. These guys were young when they came in. And now they're in their prime right now. And I just think it's Poirier's time. He's this. I don't know. I don't think this is his first main event or anything. But 
this is one of the ones like it being on Fox really set the stage for millions of people to see him. It did. It did. I mean, this is his second, uh, his second paper, or his second main event in a row. He actually main evented the card out here, which was on Fox, which was on Fox as well. Yeah, just so, Gaethje. The name is growing. It's time to let's see what he can do with pay per view buys. You know, let's see what this guy can do. And if I'm him, I, you know, you brought up a good point. I said Ferguson or Diaz. You said Diaz. But I said Ferguson. Nick. If I'm him, I say fuck it. I'm just waiting and seeing that. I want Connor Habib. I want one of those. Yeah, guys. that's uh, what I say. I say just wait in the wings because now they really can't deny you after you've knocked out their top golden gooses, which is Eddie Alvarez and Justin Gaethje. Those are the two guys that are the gatekeepers to the title because they feel like no one could stand and bang with them or put on exciting fights. And Poirier knocked out both of them. Yeah, two extremely tough guys who can really take a beating. And on top of that, he knocked out Alvarez in round two. Yeah. Which, if you know anything about Alvarez's past, this is a fucking guy. That goes five rounds damn near dead. Yeah, he'll go five rounds damn near dead. Exactly. And still whip your ass. He gets the longer the fight goes on. He does. He gets way stronger as the fight goes on. The more tired you get, the more apt Eddie Alvarez gets. That's right. So when he sees you breathing hard, he's emptying the tank on your ass. And he he was overwhelmed. I've never seen him overwhelmed before. Me either. Me either. And, you know, he's had some fights where he's lost by knockout. He's never been overwhelmed. And also, an interesting side point to that, sidebar to that, um, this is actually his last fight under contract to the UFC, and I'm going to go on record right here and say I'm hearing rumors that he's done, that, that he's not going to resign. Uh, he's been vocal about his lack of pay. He's been vocal that he doesn't make, you know, he feels like there's better opportunities elsewhere. So don't be surprised if you see Eddie Alvarez's next fight come somewhere else. Well, if he does go back to Bellator, I believe he can just jump straight to the championship. Easily. 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 I mean, he, he did everything he was going to set out to accomplish in the UFC. I mean, he, he people, he, he proved that he's not just an underground cold hero that gets swarmed in the fucking masses in the UFC. Now, you know, he, he did fairly well for himself. but to Oh, me, he did good. He won the title. Exactly. Exactly. And he beat a surgeon, Rafael Dos Anjos. It was, it was, you know, Dos Anjos was red hot when he knocked him out. And he you knocked know, him he, out in the first round. Exactly. He, he beat, you know, he won the title... He's beaten, he, you know, he coached on the Ultimate Fighter. He's beaten some absolute studs. Uh, at this point, look, he, he's not going to be, call it what it is, that ship sailed for him to be a champ in the UFC. He's uh, already he's been there, so he, he, he accomplished that, Connor. so what's next? What's that? He accomplished that, so what's next? Exactly. I mean, at this point, he becomes a very... He becomes a very prominent gatekeeper, you know, after last night. To me, that was, it was a, I don't want to say a make or break fight for him in the UFC, but it really, in a lot of ways, was. It was a crossroads. He, he's, he's accomplished all he's going to accomplish in the UFC. I mean, like I said, he's not, he's not beating Habib. He's not beating Connor. He ain't beating Poirier. Maybe he beats the boogeyman, Ferguson, but I, I don't even know that, you know. So, not to me, sure. what's the point? Go back to Bellator. 
you know, you got Brett Primus as the fucking champ over there. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking. Title shot, and I think he wins it convincingly. That's I mean, what I was so. thinking since since this Brett Primus and uh and Michael Chandler match just seemed to not be working. Every time they put it together, something happens. Then I say Eddie Alvarez should just jump over there and kick his ass. Exactly, and you know when he does kick his ass, he fights him. Look, there's a there's a big money fight waiting to happen. Him and uh, him and him and Chandler have some pretty good history together, and they've gone out there and had some. Yeah, Chandler uh, knocked him the fuck out. Fights. Chandler did knock him out. He did. He Chandler knocked him out, and then he. Uh, I think it's one one between them two. I think. Chandler I think so. Yeah, I think we got a rubber match waiting to happen, and that's big money for me. That's right. Yeah, Chandler, Chandler actually submitted him at Bellator 58 in 2011, and then uh, Alvarez beat him at uh, the fight I was at at Bellator 106 in, uh, in Long Beach uh, back in 2013. So they're one even. That's a, that's a money fight. I mean, you got the, the, the rubber match waiting to happen. I'm all and in. He, I am all in on that one. And then you got a lot of guys at 155. There's interesting fights for you. You got Pitbull, you got Rickles, you got fucking, uh, and you got Campos, you got Ben Henderson over there. I mean, so to me, look, his money is back at Bellator. And the Bellator he left behind, the Bellator he'd be returning to, are two completely different worlds. I think he needs to make the jump back. Yeah, that, that, that'd be pretty cool. I wouldn't be mad at that at all. So, uh, return of Jose Aldo. Former featherweight champ. The only losses on his record in the past 11 years is Max Holloway. Twice. And he comes back. And Jeremy Stevens has really been on the, on the come up. He's been knocking everybody out. And, and actually, I picked Jeremy Stevens to win this match. And I got disappointed very, very fast. Very fast. Although sneaky. Although sneaky. He, oh. Talk about sneaky. This man goes up high, makes him block high, and hits him with a rib shot that shuts his body down. Yeah. And let me tell you, Jeremy Stevens is a tough motherfucker. Oh, I know. Jeremy Stevens is a... I mean, I think this is the first time he had been knocked out uh, or finished in any capacity. We're going all the way back, if I'm not mistaken. It uh, has to be, like, all the way back in, like, 2012. 2012. Yeah, I was going to say 11. I think it's, well, yeah, 12. Because Eve Edwards was the last to finish him. I just couldn't remember. Yeah, he hasn't been. We're talking, about, we're talking about no hair on the face, Jeremy Stevens. <laughs> he still was just legally able to buy alcohol. Yes. I mean, you know, two people have finished him in his, uh, three people have finished him in his fucking, in his MMA career. Three people. One of them is Dean Thomas, who's a fucking hall, who should be a hall. He's player. a hall, yeah. I mean, Dean Thomas is on is following Dana Wright around, helping him, like, pick new fighters. He's like, he should be in the Hall of Fame by now. Exactly. That was the first one. The second one was, uh, the second one was Joe Levon, which we talked about him, a guy who's been around forever. Forever. Finish, you know, he's a consummate finisher. And we're, and we're talking about a guy who could submit an apple. Exactly. I mean, this guy submits black belts on a regular. And the other one was all the way back when he was 17 fucking years old in 2005. So, I mean, this guy is not somebody who gets finished. And Aldo went in there and, listen, I know there's people online bitching and moaning and carrying on the fight was stopped too soon. No, it wasn't. Listen, <laughs> fucking the next step would have been Stevens going to the fucking hospital because his insides were caved in with that kick. I mean, it was a proper stoppage. And it wasn't, wasn't even a kick, dude. Aldo. It was a left hook to the body. 
and you just saw his face change immediately. It was like it was like when Brock Lesnar got kicked by Alistair Overeem. It kind of yeah. just made him stop, and then he just started wincing and crumpling over, like doubled over in the fetal position. Exactly. He was he was hurting. He's he's probably still hurting this morning, and I believe me, I wouldn't be surprised if he's uh he's pissed and shit some blood since then because that kick was right on the money and. Let me tell you, you don't want to be kicked by Jose Aldo. And, no, uh, at all. I mean, this is the same guy who broke both of Uriah Faber's legs in a fight. Exactly. Exactly. He is a real fucking deal. And it's just funny to think how many people have completely just shit on Aldo before they last night. How many people have completely discredited him? And I see people online, he's washed up. He hasn't won shit since you saw it. Blah, blah, blah. But this guy, the, the reason there is a fucking... The reason there is a fucking featherweight division in the UFC is because of Jose Aldo. This guy, yeah. for, for almost a decade, went untouched, went unbeaten, untouched. He was the money fight in that division. And, you know, listen, the, the, the simple facts, Max Holloway is a fucking stud. Max Holloway is a stud. Losing to Max twice, one of those fights, by the way, you took on uh, a week notice, there's no shame in that game. Conor McGregor, there's no shame in losing to Conor. I mean, this guy fucking destroys people. Uh, a decade, he loses three fights to, to two of the best fighters in the fucking planet, and all of a sudden he's lost a step? According to who? According and to this, who? this is the fights. funny thing. The funny thing is, he lost to Conor McGregor. He came back and won against Frankie Edgar. Yeah, twice. Twice. Beat Frankie Edgar twice, and then loses to Max Holloway twice, and everybody's like, he ain't shit. Now, see, I didn't base that off of that. I based it off of Jeremy Stevens coming up and getting older and more mature, and now he's in control of his power and his anger and all of that stuff, and now Jeremy Stevens is an animal. That's right. Stevens I mean, is a beast. And like you said, you know, you're right. He beat, he, beat, he beat Edgar coming off the loss of McGregor. You're absolutely right. But, you know, that's just, that's just part of that, though. Look at the people he beat. In his career. No, let's just set the record straight right now. Jose Aldo was the only, get this, the only featherweight champion in UFC history. Yep. He lost to Conor McGregor and then got the belt back. How about that shit? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Go ahead. I mean, it's... I guess it's the same way with wrestling. You know, when people start losing, you know, they like to discredit them and discredit their wins. You know, this guy just because you lose a couple of matches or just because you lose a couple of fights doesn't mean that you're terrible you know, all of a sudden. Everything you did before you that retire. just goes away. Yeah, people act like that. You lose one fight and it's time for you to retire. Right. And know? that's not the case. Jose Aldo is pretty much in his prime right now, and the only thing was. There was guys that figured him out. And then I got to say that after Anderson Silva broke his leg in that uh, fight with Chris Weidman, I haven't seen any Brazilians use the leg kicks the way they used to. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's bad. You know what I'm saying? Because that was their bread and butter. All Brazilians play soccer. And they will kick your legs into mush. They tear your legs up. But after Anderson Silva broke his legs, it completely was gone. And the confidence, the fucking, you know, the, I mean, it, it, you lose a lot of stuff. And, you know, Aldo's been shaky about using those leg kicks. But, you know, he's starting to rely a little bit more on his other tools. And 
I just, I just, I gotta ask too. People saying, you know, he's lost it because he lost two fights to Max Holloway. Since when is fucking losing to Max Holloway a bad thing? I just, I mean, Max Holloway's won what? Twelve straight. Fights in a row, Twelve. I mean, it was. Yeah, he's like 12 fights in a row. He's beaten fucking everybody in the featherweight division. He was on a nine-fight win streak before he got his title shot. He defended his title three times already. Two against Aldo. And another one against... Um, who did he fight after Aldo? Yeah, he, he, he won the interim belt from Pettis. So he yeah, Pettis. Yeah, he won against Pettis. Won twice against Aldo. And then, and now, everybody's pissed at Maxi Baby because he's pulled out of three fights straight. Well, let's, let's stop it. Before anybody gets pissed at Holloway here, which I know that's the easy thing to do. Everybody online gets pissed at the fucking, you know, they, they, they spend their entire day looking for reasons to get pissed off. All right? That's all they do. Max's, <laughs> Max's first fight he pulled out, he was, he was gonna, against Khabib Nurmagomedov. He was trying to save that fucking card. Right after Connor pulled his fucking garbage, you know he tried and, to and, that and in that fight, Usada pulled him out. The commission wouldn't allow him. What's yeah, that? they wouldn't allow him to finish cutting the weight to get to it. Exactly, exactly. They wouldn't allow him to fucking do it because you know he he was taking that fight uh, coming off the couch. He was willing to fight Habib coming off the couch, not training for a fucking fight at a weight class above. You know, he was trying to save it, so he didn't pull out of that fight. The commission pulled him out. He no, he pulled. Fight. He, he pulled out. Of, he pulled Diego. out of the Frankie Edgar fight. Then he pulled out of the Khabib fight, and then he pulled out of the Brian Ortega fight. Right, the Ortega fight was really the only one that was circumstances beyond it, that he had control of. And you know what? At the end of the day, the guy almost had a fucking stroke. I mean, don't trust me. Holloway would have vision. You got to to know who Max is. This isn't a pussy. He'll fucking, he'll crawl to the fucking ring with his legs dangling. Oh, believe me. I I was watching that UFC tonight, and the moment Michael Bisbing says, it looked like something wrong with you. Are you sleepy or are you tired or something? I was like, he looks high. He looks really high. But it turns out he was like on the brink of a stroke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so people are going to get pissed when he pulled out of that, but then he got pulled from that fight. But would you want the guy to have a fuck? I mean, and I'm, look, I'm, I'm king against, I'm fully against people missing weight. I think I've established that. Yeah, we've all established that. <laughs> He's kind of made that known on Does this show. guy, does somebody need to drop dead in the middle of the cage to fucking appease these bloodthirsty fans? The, I don't, I mean, that's what it sounds like they want. True. I mean, that's the sad thing. It seems like, you know, the only way these fucking people are going to be satisfied is if they let these guys fight and somebody croaks in the middle of the fucking game. And, you know, I'm sorry, that's as, as a guy who's been an MMA fan from day one, that's the last thing in the world I, I, I want to see. And nor that's the else last thing any of us, any of us should want. That's the last thing any of us should want is somebody to be seriously injured, hurt, or fucking die. I mean, I think the thing of it is that sometimes we forget that these they're guys human. aren't robots. You yeah. know, they're not entertainment robots. They're people. They're human. You know, they they do the same things we do. I know? mean, we like to coin them as superhumans right. and superheroes. But they're not. But they're not. They're regular people just like us, man. And if any of you mm. motherfuckers stepped in a sauna or tried to cut weight or any of that shit, I know because I've been wrestling and I know how it feels. That shit is horrible. And you can't just 
you know, work people to death. That shit is horrible. Just because you want to be entertained. That shit is horrible. When they fucking wrap you in a trash bag and dump you in hot water to make you sweat all the body weight you have off, that shit is terrible, man. Damn. Oh, with the bath salts and shit in there? Yes, that like shit is horrible. It is. It's horrible. You cry, you cry and you don't have any tears to come out because they've sucked all the water out of your body. Exactly. You're trying to cry to hydrate yourself, but you can't even do that because you can't. you're so fucking drained. You know what I mean? It, 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 yeah, it's fucked up. It's, it's fucked, fucked up. up. I know. I know. I've been there. I've done that. And I don't fucking like it. And no fighter likes it either. So quit putting all that pressure on them, making them seem superhuman, man. And I've watched a video of Cyborg doing the same thing where she's in the bathtub trying to cut weight and she's boo-hooing, like crying her eyes out like a baby. Just please let it be over with. But when that Saturday night comes, she's on weight. And that's and what you got to do. All at the point of entertaining us to fucking people that don't appreciate shit we do. That don't even appreciate don't. it. So when they actually do have a slip up, you can't even sympathize with them? That's crazy. Now I get like one, one or two pounds, man. That's no big deal, dog. And, and I feel bad for them that they can't make that one or two pounds. But Mackenzie Dern is unexcusable. Seven, eight, nine pounds, that's, that's unexcusable. Yeah, you know, that's just unprofessional. Yeah, that's inexcusable, but please cut these fighters some slack, man, because you can see the emotion that Jose Aldo had after this win that he pulled off, man, and he, he looked like he really needed this win. It really did something for his spirit. Well, I mean, there's something that people don't, that people also, like you said about being machines, these are people with very real emotions, and we talked about this in the wrestling podcast that we did, which uh, will be coming up soon here, uh, just to give you guys, give you guys a job do where People forget these are human beings. Yeah. And when you've, when you've lost, when you've been on top for so long, and we saw it with Anderson Silva when he won that fight after breaking his leg against Nick, Nick Diaz, crying, I mean, broke down and cried. It, it, it's very hard to be on top for so long and not be there anymore. It's very, very hard. When you're on top for so long and then you suddenly lose, those those doubts creep in your mind. Do I still have it? Do I have anything left? Will I ever get back there again? Yeah, and you're I talking know. to a guy who Aldo who lost two of his you know his last two fucking fights in a row. I mean, Aldo Aldo's a guy who's not used to losing. Period. He lost two in a fucking row. To get out there and win, uh, it's it's an emotional mind bender. It's like, look, I'm not done yet. I still have gas left in the tank. Yeah. All those doubts that were in my mind. Yeah, and not just that, man. They're gone. When you go from being the champion for the past 10 years, your name's on everything, your face is on everything, there's posters of you everywhere, you lose two fights, and you never see, hear or see your name in lights again. That's crazy. I mean, I think that it's been said before that you learn more about yourself whenever you lose than you do whenever you win. Yeah. You know, it's more important about what you do after you, after you lose than what than what you do after you win. Right. Real champions pick themselves back up right. because you got to keep going. You got to remember this. This this was a Ronda Rousey was a person that was on top for years who never had a loss, and the first loss that she had, she was like, "I'm going to kill myself." That's right. I don't know what to do with myself. If I'm not Ronda Rousey, then who am I? Yeah. Right. It's and, a mind bender. It's yeah. a mind bender. I mean, it's like fucking, you know, um, 
I mean, it's just a mind bender. You know, like you said, some people aren't emotionally equipped. Rousey's a prime example. Her career in MMA, anyway, died the night she lost to Holly Holm. And I, I, I said on my radio show, and I said on Facebook, and I said on social media, she's not going to be able to recover from this. She's not, and she didn't. That this was the beginning. No, of the she end never of her did. Career. She never um, came back. She you know, came back and got lose, knocked out again. Used to being in control. How you handle that loss will go a long way in dictating what your career becomes. Because, you know, I've seen many, many careers that look like they had a ton of promise just absolutely fucking derail when they suffered their first major loss. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, big ups to Daniel Cormier for having such a big comeback after he lost to John Jones twice. You know what I'm saying? Because some people never come back from shit like that. Because Chuck Liddell was another one who was on top for so long. And then he got that first big loss and nothing was ever the same. It seemed like after he got knocked out that first time, it was just knockout after knockout after knockout. Like Chuck Liddell, Rich Franklin. Rich Franklin, yeah. Anderson Silva, Mark Munoz. Like, there's so many that you can name that just never fully recovered the same after that first big loss. That's why you oh. got to, uh, you know, know how to lose and you in know, order know how to, to win. work with that. You know? Yeah. In order to be the best winner, you got to know how to lose. Yeah. You got to know exactly. how to come back from that. And speaking of a huge comeback, Joanna Yeljaychik. Made made a a huge, huge bounce back because Tisha Torres is no punk. Tisha Torres is a beast out here in that cage. And Joanna Yaljaychek pretty much controlled the fight almost the whole time. A lot of significant strikes in this fight because she was letting those hands fly. It, It seemed like she was back to her old form. The boogie woman is back. Yeah, she's... Johanna at her best is, is, is unstoppable, and we've seen that for a, a period of time. Yeah, years. Uh, the, the problem with Johanna, and really, I, I think to a lesser, to a much more magnified degree, Jose Aldo, is where do they go from here? You know what I mean? Johanna is stuck almost in limbo, at least at 115. Now, with her circumstance, that 125 division is, is open. Wide open. I wouldn't be surprised if she goes there, but... I mean, do you fight Nami Yunus again? I mean, she's lost twice. I don't think so. Tour. I, we want to see that fight again. You know, I'm I'm an advocate of people having somebody's number. I think Brock has the Undertaker's number. Mm-hmm. I think Brock has Roman Reigns' number. You know, I think Chuck Liddell has Tito Ortiz's number. Yeah. I think Rose Nami Yunus has Joanna's number, and I think Max Holloway has Jose Aldo's number. And I think the best thing for them to do at this point is move up to the next division because the rest of their career will be gatekeepers at number one contender. That's right. They're sort of stuck in, uh, they're sort of stuck in, uh, I like to call it the Rich Franklin position. You know, uh, I so his career wasn't the same after he lost to Anderson twice. But, you know, at the same time, a lot of it is knowing that guy that has the belt your belt, you can't beat them. That they have your number, you know. And when you're stuck in that limbo and not knowing where to go, it's a tough fucking road to hoe. Now, does Aldo go up? Does Aldo go up to 155 when he's a smaller 145, or does he drop down to 135? I mean, it's a tough call. Yeah, it's it's call. It's, it's big. And not only that, like a lot of his Novo Unyao training partners are at 135. 
That's true, too. Yeah, because you, know you got guys down there that kind of dominated the 135-pound division, and once Dillashaw and Garbrandt and Dominic Cruz came along, it kind of pushed them all back. That is true. Like Hennon Burrell and guys yeah. like that gave him a Burrell push Burrell dominated that division for years. He was on like a 40-fight unbeaten streak, and then here comes Dillashaw and totally picks him apart and makes yep. him seem like a rookie. And after he loses to Dillashaw twice, he's in the same position as Jose Aldo. Do you move up or do you move down? And last I saw, I had moved up. Um, but he's sort of been lost in the fucking shuffle, too. That's but he funny, started you know, that... losing to guys that wasn't even in the top 10 at 45. No, I mean, he just, uh, last fight we saw him in February, he... He returned to bantamweight after uh, you know he had a couple fight run in featherweight. And he Stevens lost. cleaned his clock. Aljamain Sterling beat him. He, he squeaked by. He squeaked by Felipe Nover, who Barrao passed with a hammered fucking decisively. Yeah. In his last fight, he just lost to Brian Keller, who in his prime he would have killed. You know, he would have beat pretty. So I mean, it's just tough to be in that that neutral ground position. But we always say Bellator is a wide open spot that's looking to make a name, a big name for themselves. And guys like Jose Aldo and Hannah Burrell and those Novo Uniao guys could come over yeah. there and completely clean it out. I mean, you'd be looking at guys like Eduardo Dantes, who big ups to him, man. I saw that broken foot that oh. Michael McDonald gave him with that jab. Jabbed him yeah. in the face, made him fall and break his foot. That was crazy. Yeah. Nasty. That was nasty. My God, I hope, man, I hope Eduardo Dantes can come back from that because that was really ugly. God, I hope so because that's a tough fucking, that's a tough fucking break to come go through. And you know, you see, it, it, it's you've seen a couple circumstances. Anderson hasn't been the same since it. I mean, Corey Hill, God bless his soul, the late great, the late Corey Hill was yeah. uh, starting to rise. He broke his leg and. When he passed away, his career was under 500 because he could never recover from it. Yeah, tough, man, man. That, is, that is tough. That is tough. And it was such unfortunate, unfortunate circumstances because I was really looking forward to this Michael McDonald and Eduardo Dantes fight because it seemed like that was going to be a barn burner, dude. And then yeah. Michael McDonald comes out, hits him with a jab, and he breaks his foot. Yeah, that's, uh, that's you know, it's, it's a it's almost like when you come back from that, you know, and that's like McDonald broke it. You said he broke his foot, didn't he? Uh, Eduardo Dantes broke his foot. And then uh, the other one, uh, fucking uh, McDonald Michael broke McDonald his hand. broke his hand. It's, yeah, broke his hand. It's just crazy to think, though, because, I mean, when, when you come back from an injury that severe, especially in a sport like MMA, where nine-tenths of your fucking offense is basically what you do with your legs, even if you don't kick, I mean, it's all about footwork and movement and stuff and take... It's in the back of your mind, and which is why Anderson hasn't been the same because that that little thought in the back of your mind looms. That, I know, am I man. Break my leg again? Am I going to hurt myself? Anderson, a severe injury. Anderson can never go back to the old Anderson Silva because his leg kicks have been neutralized. Exactly, because he's afraid to throw him. <laughs> yeah, he's afraid to throw him because the last leg kick he threw got his leg broken. So, man, yeah. it's it's just a hard thing, dude, to have such a severe injury and always have that plague in the back of your mind, like, if I throw this kick and I hit him in the knee, it's going to break. Or if I step the wrong way, my ankle's going to break. It's one of those things where you just, 
man, mentally you have to be able to get over a hump like that, and it's it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, it sounds like he's psyching himself out. Yeah, you know? I mean, you're going to after That's, you break something. Right. Yeah, it's kind of a hard thing to just come back from. Yeah, I understand. It's really, really weird. But uh, also, big ups to, uh, is his name Ian Kutalaba? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Ion, Ion, Ion. Ion Kutalaba uh, got the big finish on the prelims and then calls out Daniel Cormier. Of course, everybody <laughs> wants a piece of DC. He doesn't stand a chance. Fuck, no, he doesn't. You know, everybody, it's funny, everybody wants that Golden Goose DC fight. They're not going to get I mean, how many motherfuckers have we seen? How many motherfuckers have we seen call out DC on social media over the last? I mean, Corey, uh, Corey Anderson called him out, and then Eler Lafitti's calling him out. Uh, Corey Anderson barely squeaked, barely squeaked by on his last fight. <laughs> All these people were calling him out, and it's like, dude, what do you And mean? then this Q-Talaba dude, he gets into, he finishes the fight in the first round, and he's breathing like he just went five, five rounds. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, these guys are... Uh, they're calling for the money fight that's never going to happen because DC's got two fights left, if not one. He's taking that Brock payday, and he wants that Jones fight. He's not going to, and he shouldn't. He's not going to fucking, not after this, he's not going to fight you or Lafitte, or he's not going to fight Eon. Right. Uh, How, you know, who does Ayer Latifi think he is? <laughs> uh, Corey Anderson, no disrespect, but guy's three and three in his last six. I mean, you're calling out the champ? Come on, bro. Come on. Yeah, DC don't have time for you, Scrubs, dog. Y'all might as well just come with an interim light heavyweight title for someone to hold, which more than likely is going to be Alexander Gustafson, if he can fucking get by no time, because no time has been on a roll, and the only person he's lost to is DC. So, we're going to see what's going to happen with the light heavyweight division and the heavyweight division, but at this point, I think it's on hold. And online, Stipe's, you know, everybody's saying Stipe deserves an immediate rematch, which I agree with. Stipe does deserve an immediate rematch. But I'm sorry, Stipe, it's just not going to happen because Brock's just a bigger payday. And I think that's the last fight for DC is Brock Lesnar. He said he's going to fight one more at 205, and then he's going to fight one more at heavyweight, and then that's it. Uh, sad to see him go. I know. I love DC. I love Stipe, and I really do believe that Stipe should have an immediate rematch. But I know they're not going to do it because they're all about money instead of what people deserve. And unfortunately, and it, and it sucks saying this, but Lesnar's the money guy. He's not just the money guy. It's already a feud. Once yeah, people is. saw that push, they want to see this. I want to see it too. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't. Like, <laughs> I, don't. I, mean, I mean, partially biased, but partially, I mean, are you are you a, are you the NFL or are you the WWE? And that's to put the, the, the rubber to rubber meets the road and that's, here. Because yeah, look, that's the thing. Best money fight. Brock is the money fight. Yet, if we're talking about this being a professional sport, major league Steve baseball, deserves or, that type or, of okay, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the NFL. Do you see? Do you see the NFL putting? Did you see the NFL putting? I, I don't know the, the the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl last year because they might have been a bigger draw. No. I mean, you don't see the NFL do this shit. You know, you're talking to guy and Brock Lesnar though. That is 0-2-1 in his last fucking three fights. Hasn't won a fight since 2010. 
has it. Last well, he's in there, he just pissed hot in his fucking drug test. I mean, you know, where's the fairness in that? You know, if this is a professional sport, then if it's not Steve A getting an immediate rematch, give it to Curtis Blades. But to me, they're not about it anymore. They're claiming they're a professional sport, but they're taking pro wrestling tactics, which is fine. I get it. But don't fucking sit there and tell me. I honestly that. don't get it. I honestly don't get it because if you're taking a professional wrestling route, then it's not about who's the best anymore. No, no. I mean, throw ratings out the window. You've got a ranking system that you might as well wipe your ass with and blow Basically, your nose at the same time with. Basically, you might as well shit on it because it doesn't even it doesn't even uh, have a purpose anymore. The number one pound for pound guy is DC, and he jumps from like not even being on the list to number one. And then the women's champion is not even on the list. Yeah, what the fuck is that about? You know, I mean, that's like, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not against DC getting a fucking shot. Champion versus champion. At least there is some, you know, it's not completely insulting my intelligence or your intelligence or any MMA fan that pulls it. There's not any, you know, it's, it's lightweight, light heavyweight champ versus heavyweight champ. Can we, can we see DC who has fought heavyweight in the past move up and be the right? Okay, I'm cool with that. Brock fucking Lesnar? I mean, last time we saw Brock in the octagon, uh, two of his last three fights he got no. knocked out in the first round. The last time we saw Brock Lesnar in the octagon, he laid on top of Mark Hunt for three rounds and was steroid-filled. Exactly. You know, uh, by the way, a Mark Hunt that, that, you know, has become... God bless Mark Hunt. I mean, Mark Hunt's a fucking amazing... Mark Hunt's a, uh, one of the most exciting fighters you'll ever see. And had the hardest road of all time because they keep giving him these steroid freaks to fight. I mean, exactly. I don't know. But let's be honest. Mark Hunt, beating Mark Hunt now isn't what it was four years ago or three years ago. You beat Mark Hunt, you laid on him for three fucking rounds. Guess what? We all know Mark Hunt doesn't have a great ground game. He never did. Never he did. He's a fucking K-1 kill. kickboxer. Yeah, exactly. He's a kickboxer. You take him down, you grind him out. You know, okay, Curtis Blade just fucking beat fucking Mark Hunt by decision too. Where's his title shot? You know what I mean? Where's his title shot? The key to beating fucking Curtis, the key to beating Mark Hunt is not standing with him. Simple philosophy. Brock's not an idiot. Brock, due to the gills, took him to the ground and fucking rode it out. He didn't even win that fight until it was overturned. So, no. I mean, look, you beat Mark Hunt, you get a title shot. You beat Mark Hunt, you, you, you technically beat Mark Hunt and gets overturned. It's bullshit. Yeah, you dude. beat it's Mark really Hunt by laying on him for three rounds, which Dana White claims he hates. That's the reason he didn't hire Ben Askren, who was undefeated. Claims he hates that shit and then gives Brock every fucking chance in the world to lay on people. And then Brock pisses dirty and they don't even fucking overturn the decision. No, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. To be honest, though, I, I understand it's not right, but I don't see why, why anybody here is so surprised. I mean, we've been dealing with this Brock Lesnar, you know what, for years. Like, I don't see why... It's just getting it's overplayed. Shocking it's us. getting overplayed at this point. And Brock Lesnar isn't like the genetic freak that he was ten years ago. Well, somebody should tell his. Somebody should tell the people up above that then, or something, in the UFC and the WWE. But I, I believe I, I don't want to say it, but I'm gonna say it. I believe that everybody in the higher ups is scared of Brock Lesnar. He's like a man's man. He hunts. He fucking fishes and lives outdoors and like nature like he's a caveman there's gotta be something cause he's a caveman he's not that big of a draw 
Well, I don't think he's that big of a draw. I mean, people uh, in wrestling are getting sick and tired of seeing him. People in MMA are sick and tired of him dropping dirty. And oh, it's obvious that he can't do this without it. Well, what does that say, though, about the state of the heavyweight division? Or what, what does that state about the state of the UFC currently? That they feel like they need to reach into the gimmick bag and bring Brock Lesnar in because they think he might get him a couple extra pay-per-view buys. That's where the fucking problem... Am I surprised? No, not... Listen, this is the same company that fucking trucks CM Punk out there to go get his ass kicked twice in a row. Twice. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. right now this new, this new ownership group, WME... And I shouldn't really criticize them because I am getting fucking credentials to go cover their fight this weekend. But they've proven that they don't, they're not making it to competition. It doesn't matter who's in there. They put fucking Bubba the Love Sponge in there against uh, Pee Wee Herman in a fucking fight if it drew acid. And that's what they've become. They're, they're right. completely throwing credibility out the window because, and then for the sake of ratings. And at this point, look, UFC... They've had a 10-year run atop, you know, they're not the fucking, this isn't the UFC of 2002 where they're trying to get their game name recognition. People recognize the UFC now. People follow UFC now more than ever before. You've got enough fucking fighters on that roster and enough talent on that roster to promote the shit out of. You, you, you dig in there and you bring uh, uh, Brock Lesnar back from the 2008 machine after, you know, give him a title shot at the heavyweight division despite the fact he's 0-2-1 since 2010. Uh, you truck CM Punk out there who had no business being in the octagon. I mean, where do you draw the line? Is it, is it a fucking, it's not even wrestling at this point. It's a fucking circus. Yeah, at this point, it's beyond, it's beyond the gimmicks of wrestling. It's way past that because I don't even know why Cejudo and, and DJ aren't headlining their own pay-per-view. Yeah, there you have it. Cejudo and DJ, you got a fucking Olympic gold medal wrestler. Which, you know how many Olympic, you know how many Olympic gold medal wrestlers are in the fucking UFC now? Three. Two. Two. Actually, one. One. So who knows it? Cormier never won a gold medal. Cormier Oh, okay, medal, yeah, that was won. it. Cormier. They have one gold medalist. Henry Cejudo. One. In any fucking level. Henry Cejudo, he's an Olympic gold medalist. He's got Demetrius Johnson, who pound for pound is the best fighter in the fucking world today. Why is this, why is this co-main event? You know, you're co-main having that co-main event because you've done zero to promote Demetrius Johnson because he doesn't talk, talk shit and throw chairs and have penises tattooed on his chest <laughs> and, and come in looking like he's fucking, you know, just, just got fucking steroids pumped in his ass by a dealer at the Pittsburgh Zoo. I mean, you know, it, it fucking, you know, it, it, you need to promote the guys you have that have this talent. You don't need to dip into the gimmick bag and fucking get these guys over. Start promoting the ones you have. Exactly. Because they, they deserve Andrew it. And Cody I, no love. Yeah. Promote. Because Cody, Cody and Dillashaw did their own promoting. I am so excited for this fight. They've had a feud since Dillashaw left Team Alpha Male. And that's, that's going to sell the pay-per-views in itself. I don't think DJ and Cejudo need to be subject to being up under that. They don't. It completely diminishes. It completely diminishes Demetrius Johnson's fucking value, in my opinion. To have him be co-main event, it diminishes his value. And, Thank you. Know, you. This is a guy that at this point in his career has proven enough times that he doesn't fucking. He, he can fucking do it. He's proven more than enough times that he is a fucking. He's a guy that deserves a recognition. He's a guy that deserves to be standalone. How much more does he have to do to fucking get this? I don't know. But, man, 
I am looking so forward to that shit next Saturday. DJ and Cejudo, Garbrandt and Dillashaw. That shit is going to be so crazy. You, you want to hear? You want to hear something fucking? And you want to hear something nuts? Next time, next this next Saturday, Demetrius Johnson will officially have the UFC record for most successful title defenses. Twelve. He'll have twelve if he can get by because he's already tied at eleven with Anderson Silva. So, is that not a sellable fucking? Is that not a sellable fucking? You know. That alone should be on the pay-per-view, like, headlines, like... Exactly. Is that not, like, <laughs> to, to me, this guy can break a UFC record held by Anderson Silva, who's one of the greatest that ever lived? Do you need to put that as co-main event? Why the fuck is that not headline? I don't know, dude, but the UFC is going all wrong about this thing, but they need to they need to do something because DJ is a superstar. This guy is small and kids could look up to him and be like I'm not the biggest person and I want to be like him and he is a perfect role model. He doesn't curse all the time. He's hella funny. He plays video games like everybody does. He has hey, a great Twitch man. channel. He's he's a family man. I just don't get it. Guys like him in DC deserve the front spot. Unfortunately, the, as much as it pains me to say this, that stuff does not move the needle. They don't care instead, about the good guys. Instead, Kobe Covington. They say nice guys finish last. It's a sad fact, but it's true. Instead of DJ getting the top spot, you got Kobe Covington headlining, which is one of the worst things about our society. Yeah, moves the needle. Like we, you know, and that's the sad point, though. Is we're such a needle move society that you know, it, it, you throw conventional wisdom down the fucking toilet, you know, yeah. and give guys that uh, like Demetrius Johnson who can't get shine, you know, because he doesn't talk enough shit. I mean, because he's not. What, what does the fuck he need to do? I mean, maybe he needs to pick up a chair after the fight and throw it in the fifth row of the fucking crowd. Maybe he'll end on his pay-per-view then. I mean, you shouldn't need to do that crap when you're his in fucking, you know... His skills speak for itself. I, I, uh, you gotta be able to speak for yourself. Man, his skills speak for itself, dude. I've never seen anybody go from a German suplex to an armbar. That's the craziest. That's the craziest See, thing look. I've ever seen in an octagon. And I've seen Anthony Pettis run up the wall and kick a motherfucker in the face. <laughs> But Demetrius yeah. Johnson took Ray Borg from a German suplex into an arm bar in midair. That's crazy. Crazy. I could watch that replay over and over and over and over and never get tired of it. It's like it was planned. As I said, apparently talent doesn't matter. Being Having good values doesn't matter. They need to have that on a highlight reel on standby so they can just show it to someone who doesn't know what MMA means. That's another. That's a. I'm on a new level times ten. Exactly. See, here's here's the one thing about like you know that's on a on a level times ten, and you know there's other things he's done. You see him, seeing him double leg take down a fucking Olympic gold medal wrestler. <laughs> like that, that's you know you don't watching DJ submit a Brazilian jiu jitsu black belt in Wilson Hayes. Well, well, world champion, exactly. But Wilson Hayes has won fucking Abu Dhabi, and he stopped them. It's just like, he know, won the Abu Dhabi World Championships, and DJ submitted him. He has a thing about beating people at their own thing. That's right. That's right. It's like a video game that fucking you can't conquer. I mean, that's it's crazy. That's it's where, crazy. you know, moving the needle. The problem is the UFC is a multi, multi-billion dollar company. 
They've got the marketing machine. If they want to market, I mean, listen, this is a company in the past that has marketed the shit out of fighters and made them household fucking names. I mean, back, you know, back in the previous decade, they made Randy Couture, who is as basic and common of a fucking man as you will see. They made him household. Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz. Chuck Liddell looks like a guy you'll fucking see at your local bar throwing back Boilermakers. Boilermakers. He's like the guy you see throwing darts and shooting pool with a beer in each hand. And, and that's the point. That's the point. MMA because the UFC marketing machine got behind him. Yeah, that's I mean, the he, thing, you know, man. Chuck wasn't a fucking. Chuck wasn't a guy that went out there and you know got a got a fucking elongated Packer tattooed on his fucking chest and you know threw chairs and you know, Chuck was common. No, he was over. People got yeah. into it. Anderson I think, Silva. I think the UFC. English. George St. Pierre barely spoke English. Yeah, the UFC the, just needs to get back to what they used to do best, which was turn regular household guys like Forrest Griffin into major superstars. That's a prime example. Another one, Forrest Griffin. If, if, you, if you didn't know MMA, if you'd never watched MMA in your life, and Forrest Griffin walked up to you at a fucking 7-Eleven in, in, in St. Louis. I met Tyron Woodley at 7-Eleven mm. in St. Louis. <laughs> there you go. Tyron Woodley, there's another one. I mean, would, would, would you ever think that Forrest Griffin is a professional athlete just by looking at him? Never. Never. Yet Forrest Griffin, fucking, you know, Forrest Griffin was a household Stephen name. Stephen Bonner, that's, that's household name. Exactly. That's where UFC is failing. It's not that, you know, they're bringing... It's not that they're bringing Brock Lesnar's in and the fucking CM Punk's in. It's the fact that they feel they have to because they refuse to use their marketing machine and build these guys up. If you can build Chuck Liddell up, you can... Christ, they built Roy Nelson up for a while. They built Roy Nelson up as a fucking household name. Roy right. Nelson, who's a fat fucking slob, <laughs> like the, guy, the guy that has a fucking... Three plates at the buffet bar every time he sits down. They build him up to a household name. You can't build Demetrius Johnson. Yeah, Why? it's it's a it's one of those things, man. All right, we're getting to the end of this thing, man. JP, tell them where to reach you. Drove has MMA Fight Radio every Thursday night. Check it out this Thursday on NBC Sports Radio AM 1060 in Phoenix. Also check out MMAFightRadio.com or TuneIn Radio. You can check me out, Jay Pagliaro, on Facebook and uh, the same J Kid on Twitter. For sure, MJ, tell them where to reach you. Matt Lindsay on Facebook. Y'all already know this information. And you can reach me at Arthur Quinn on Facebook, Dog one on Instagram, or you can hit us up on email at sonsoflegends21 at gmail.com. Sonsoflegends21 at gmail.com. Hit us up if you got any questions or anything. Tell us what you think about the show. We'll love to hear from you, man. I'm our dog, JP. And MJ Gunner. And MJ the non, Gunner. The non-GM. He's not the fucking GM. I keep saying it. They don't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Hey, this has been the Sons of Legends, y'all. Y'all have a good night. So long. <laughs>